everybody. Welcome to the Drunk Monkeys Twin Peaks Vlogcasting. I am one of your hosts, Colleen Carney Hefner. I'm the other one of your hosts, Chris Pruitt. Matt Carrero, producer. Today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 22, Beyond Life and Death. This is the final episode of Season 2, something that has taken us like the better part of four years to get to. <laughs> so we're all very excited here. Um, before we get into it, just want to make a few announcements. We all run a literary journal called Drunk Monkeys and its associated chapbook press cherry dress. I um, am going through a lot of mental health issues right now. I'm having a hard time. So we have made the the executive decision to close submissions. Uh, they'd be closed anyway, but we're going to keep them closed until most likely September uh, just to give me a little chance to kind of get a little bit better. We're also going to skip our July issue, which was supposed to be coming out next month. We're just going to be moving it. We'll reassess for August. Hopefully things will be a little bit better on that front next month. We'll see how it goes. But for now, we're just not going to be doing a July issue. Uh, I appreciate everybody's support and their patience with me uh, in terms of shipping Candace Kelsey's book, which the printer has been a nightmare. So it's just been a whole thing. Um, you know, I made a post on our social media just about how I've been struggling lately. And the um, the feedback was all super positive. Most people are just like, live your life and get better. And we're all here. Nobody's champing at the bit for the, <laughs> the newest drunk monkeys issue. So it's okay. Uh, I appreciate everybody in, uh, in their patience and concern and support. Um, so yeah, we're just going to be closed for a while. And when we reopen, I'll let you know. And if you're not um, patient, we don't appreciate you. Yes, <laughs> As the founder of the site, I will state that. We don't appreciate you. Let us live and our lives. Frankly, we love I don't you care. and we'll get back to you when we can. We get back to you when we get back to you. And Life is hard. It, <laughs> if you're mad about it, it's not my issue. Right. Your, your opinion is not my business. Anyway. Right. Uh, anyway, but moving on from that, um, we are a spoiler light podcast. You should know that by now. We're not going to talk too much about future episodes, though it is getting harder and harder not to. Right. Uh, we're very excited to be at the end. And, uh, you know, moving on from here, we'll be covering the movie. We'll be covering the missing pieces. We're going to have a chat with each other about what that looks like. And then we'll get on to season three. Super excited. So anyway, uh, let's just jump in. The last episode and if you recall correctly the episode before this was not much of a winner in our <laughs> opinion <laughs> a lot of sort of weird choices and time wasters so let's see how that develops into this Se uh, season two finale which for a long time was the series finale yeah um, most right. of our lives yeah for most of years the, right yeah <laughs> better the better uh yeah. a better percentage of our lives we lived without a season three of Twin Peaks. It's very interesting. So um, as we begin this episode, it's important to note that during the Twin Peaks, uh, the Miss Twin Peaks contest, uh, Mad Capri ensued and Wyndham Earl sort of uh, made everybody's life a living hell and kidnapped Annie. And that's where we're at. People were getting injured. People were getting lost. And that's where we are at. So we begin with Andy and Lucy with their foreheads like touching and they're just kind of recapping what happened for us the viewers um you know they were scared she was worried what about the baby what about you know what about everything um and they just have like this true love moment where they're like they both say i love you together and kiss passionately it's very sweet and it also serves as a this is what happened in the last episode <laughs> Yeah, and thank God that I don't have to be fucking furious with Andy uh, or around the <laughs> subplot related to Andy in this particular episode. And we can just enjoy him being sweet for yes. one more brief <laughs> moment here. Yeah, instead of uh, in the last episode, he spent most of it chasing down Coop, even though he was like only 15 feet in front of him. Right. Just to tell him <laughs> yeah. what we already knew. And then knew. stopping to have a conversation with Dick and stuff like that. It's like, oh, yeah, man, like good priorities here. Uh, what well, just recapping what we already knew, which was that the petroglyph they found in the cave is just a map. So, right. Um, we more on from, that in a moment. Yeah. We cut <laughs> from from them um, and their, their little moment together to Coop staring at said map horridly. Like he's just horrified and just staring at it. Um, trying to kind of come up with what is happening in this map. Fire, walk with me, he says. 
Um, we're at the sheriff's department, obviously. Uh, from there, <laughs> from there, Pete bashes in. I don't think there's much to say about him looking at the map. He's just trying to figure stuff out. But mm-hmm. Pete bashes in and he's like, Grand Theft Auto, the log lady <laughs> stole my truck. And there were 12 rainbow trout in the back. <laughs> he's like so mad. It's like people are missing Pete, but okay. Um, yeah. And um, God, this fucking sucks so bad. Like, and uh, like, I know we started this whole thing like, oh yeah, finally we're going to get a good episode <laughs> here. And for the most part it is, but the way this opens sucks. Like, because so they're staring at this map. Like, this is how we're finally going to get to the Black Lodge. And then Pete's like, the log lady stole my truck and there's 12 fish in it. And fucking Truman of all people goes, 12 fish what about 12 trees what about this one fucking set of 12 (laughs) trees in the forest that we knew about regardless of this map and and it's like my god that's it that's the entrance because pete's truck had 12 fish in it is so this whole fucking thing about hunting people down for it's a map (laughs) we didn't need the map we just needed to know how many fish were in pete's truck it's absolutely fucked i, I absolutely so like it, it is so stupid and they're like ghost wood the woods the ghost <laughs> and it very much reminded me i don't know how familiar you guys are with 30 rock but there's sure. this one episode yeah. where tracy is like he he gets all this uh he has all this like Benny Hanna money that he has to spend <laughs> before like the night is over it's it's the leap day episode i believe which yeah, is one yeah, of the best yeah. ones and he's like, I have to, I have to, and he's trying to figure out what to do to spend all this money. And he's like, chicken soup, soup, kitchen, kitchen. But then he keeps going and the guy's like, no, go back. Cause it's like the, in the end, it's like soup kitchen for the homeless. Like, let's have them eat the Benihana, right? But he's doing that like kind of right. association, <laughs> but he keeps going. And the guy's like, no, you went too far. <laughs> and that's what this reminded me of. Soup, kitchen. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> What is happening? This is so stupid. And of course, they're like, that wasn't the log lady, you dumb shit. Right. Why would she steal your shit? That was Wyndham Earl in a wig, you dumb right. asshole. <laughs> it also kind um, of shows Cooper rubbing off on Truman. Like, yeah. this is such a yeah. Coop moment. It's not a Truman thing. Well, that's but, just it. It's like yeah. Truman, like, all of a sudden knows cosmically that because there are 12 uh like sycamores there are 12 (laughs) sycamore trees in this bizarre like little grotto in the spooky woods it's like really this didn't occur to you before like but because there were fish in the truck now i know it's like an even dumber (laughs) version of that whole like oh you mean that cave that everybody knows about with the mysterious (laughs) petroglyphs in it like holy shit you do a lot of that this season (laughs) oh you mean the miss twin peaks pageant you won when you were a teenager yeah and that is the most important event in the town and we've all been talking about it forever except it's never come up once up until this point um also also adding to that is is hawk who's like that's where i found laura's missing diary pages and a bloody towel yeah yeah what the fuck? like uh, how, did, how was this not mentioned before yeah awful just awful. <laughs> really really dumb. um and then and it gets even weirder here because coop's like i can prove that this is it because the log lady didn't steal your truck in fact she's going to be here any second and she comes in holding this like it's like a mason jar or something like oil of oil Mm -hmm. and then they they smell it and they're like ah burnt engine oil so that's it because uh she comes in with it and of course i love seeing margaret uh anytime but always she's like my husband who's dead uh said this oil is an opening to a gateway. So, like, why didn't that come up before? Okay. Right. I wrote down chug it coop, which I thought was funny. <laughs> yeah. They're like, ooh, it smells like scorched engine oil. And they're like, oh, Jacoby, now we're going back to season one shit. Yeah. Like right. first few episodes shit. This is like you have to have, you have to remember that. Like this is when like Donna and James were doing like Scooby Gang bullshit. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Uh so. So, of course, Dr. Jacoby had gotten attacked and he said he smelled the scorched engine oil. And they're like, let's get Renette in here. Not Jacoby for some <laughs> reason, but also yeah. Renette. 
Uh, and Ronette, by the way, remember her from season one? Right. She's just handy. She's yeah. just there. They're like, we like, have to get her here. And she's literally in the hallway. Like, right. she just comes right. in. <laughs> uh, and I wrote season one, Lord fuck faces. They get her in within 30 seconds. And she, like, legit freaks in the most, like, school play. Like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> like, I know this is an audio and you can't see what I just did. But, um, but you can hear it, though. It comes through. Uh, she, like, freaks. Uh, this is all, you know, she's like, that's from the night Laura was killed. Um, and it's like a whole thing. <laughs> I feel like it's just like a lot of dump right here in the first like yeah. minutes of the show. Like I had to pause this like seven times to write these notes. It took me <laughs> a long time to get through the first 15 minutes of this episode. A lot is happening here. Um uh I think that's about it for this scene, right? Yeah, that's I mean the upshot is. is that all of this like extremely like lateral thinking puzzle solving <laughs> that gets them to go like okay yeah we're gonna go to this mysterious grotto in the woods yeah like no shit you're looking for a mystic gateway in the woods like it, it i don't know it, it's a lot of and we we talked about this off mic but there's you know despite what's good about this episode there's still a lot of like detritus from the stuff that sucked about this season mm-hmm. that there's there seems to be some desire to tie off a lot of that and it feels like they're they're throwing a lot at the wall in the first few minutes here so they can get on to the extremely weird shit that right. david lynch actually wants to do with the right. remainder of this episode so um that that feels like what we're running up against here exactly um from here we go uh into that aforementioned truck with Wyndham and annie uh, Annie here, this is this isn't really a spoiler, but I know we haven't talked about Firewalk with me here, but there's very much like a the the styling of Annie here with her hair all mm-hmm. of a mess and 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 like the way she's filmed from like almost like under the cover of her hair is very like Laura in Firewalk with me, and I'll mm-hmm. I'll mention it when we get to Firewalk with me. Uh, I just thought the styling was, and this obviously came first. I thought the styling was like very reminiscent, or you know, vice versa, or foreshadowing of. Yeah. There's also a blue velvet vibe to the look. Yeah. Something about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. There's mm-hmm. definitely like a like Lynch is yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um, and it this is really funny though, because he like looks in the back of the truck and he's like, Can you believe it? 12 rainbow trout. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, for as scary as Wyndham Earl is and as um, you know, as genuinely unnerving, like mm. hit when he's funny, he's funny. And I was like dying over this. Like, what? Can you believe my luck? <laughs> We're going into this otherworldly dimension, but we also have rainbow trout just in case. Um, he drags her through the woods, and uh, I had texted Matt about this. Um, mm. Matt and I are both on that Catholic thing, but mm. uh, she recites as she's walking this uh, Psalms one forty one seven to ten. Yeah, and I thought that was an interesting choice because most things when they bring religion into it, it's usually like you know, uh, the Lord is my shepherd or mm, like, right. you know, just our father or Hail Mary mm. or something very mm. like, sim- very Yeah, this is a deep dive, deep cut. Yeah. Real deep cut religious shit here. Right, yeah. I want to read it. Hold on, I got it up. I'm Go also eating a thing. Hold on. <laughs> I'm very hungry. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, like a rock pulverized by Maul, let their bones be scattered at the gates of hell. This is a little bit different than what she says, because of course there's never one thing. But God, dear Lord, I only have eyes for you since I've run to dear life to you. Take good care of me. Protect me from their evil scheming. So it's just a protection prayer. This is mm-hmm. a David, I believe. Yeah. Uh, uh, when David. he was persecuted by Saul. Yeah. But uh, but I just thought it was a very interesting choice for the prayer, because as we know, Annie used to be a nun. So she would know that deep dive. And I thought it right. was kind of cool. Yeah, uh, I thought so too. And not to jump into producer's corner or anything no, right I away, love it. but go ahead. But um, first of all, I mean, it is interesting that a Catholic nun is reciting the King James version. But I guess that's just kind of the most culturally known and beautiful yeah, language. Yeah, the one I just read know? was not King James. Yeah, it's a beautiful version. But yeah, it's a kind of your basic protection prayer. But in the beginning of it, like it's protect me from my enemies in that verse, right? Yeah. But if you read up earlier, they're talking about protect me from myself. It's uh, incline not my heart to any evil thing to practice wicked works with men that work iniquity and let me not eat of their dainties. Let the righteous smite me. Let me not fall into sin. Let, you know, if I'm going to yeah. be killed, let me be killed by a righteous man. 
and don't let uh, the evil, the wicked take me. Uh, and so looking ahead into what's going to happen with Coop at the end of this episode, there really is a strong parallel. For That's really awesome. Yeah. yeah, I knew you'd have something cool to say about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not as familiar with with this particular Psalms moment. So me not either. Yeah. So this I is had to look it up great. and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh. Yeah. of course, I could have looked it up. Uh, the one she actually said. But you know what? I'm looking fast. <laughs> not no, so good. Anyway. Uh, so he's like, we have an appointment at the end of the world. Very primo scary stuff happening here. Uh, there's the the well with like the oil in it. It's not really well. It's more like just a stone thing. But mm-hmm. um, they circle around it. And of course, the red room curtains appear and then they disappear into it. Very creepy. Uh, we're getting into some serious shit here. Uh, they disappear. And then <laughs> from here, we just go to Ed's. <laughs> Yeah, I do want to say before we move on from that, um, that this is one of the moments where, and we've done a lot of clowning on some very weird uh, special effects choices the show has made at times. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is one of the moments where it really works, even though it's very like lo-fi and stuff. There's sort of like the curtain appearing and overlaid and... um, um, I don't know. It, it works in more of an unsettling, uncanny valley way, even if it is like it doesn't look like quote unquote good special effects, but mm-hmm. it works for the scene. And I think yeah. it works too. Um, yeah. yeah. It's creepy. The whole thing is creepy. Yes. The setup, even just like think about how creepy a clearing in a woods is anyway. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Like, why is this here? Right. <laughs> what was happening? <laughs> Who right. did that? Oh, I don't like it. Uh uh, we go from here. So this is such a strange scene to me. So so during this uh, hullabaloo at the Miss Twin Peaks thing, Norma got hit on the head with a sandbag. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have Ed and I mean, uh, sorry, Nadine, Nadine. So we have Ed and Norma here. This is at Ed and Nadine's house. And they're like all gaga over each other. Like they do not give a fuck that on the couch, Nadine and Mike are like severely injured. <laughs> and Doc <laughs> Haywood is like checking in on them because they're just like, we're going to get married and everything rules. Right. But they're like, but it's like super insensitive. (laughs) It's just like, okay. They're like literally bleeding. Like pay attention. Um, so Mike is like doting on on Nadine. He's like, I can't believe like when you got hit, I was so worried about you and I love you. And she of course is like now out of her like amnesia Mm -hmm. stupor because she got hit on the head again. Which is, you know, how that That's works. That's how that works. Medically <laughs> accurate, yeah. And she's like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, what? No. Get away from me. And then, of course, uh, Ed is like, okay, Nadine, how old are you? And she's like, what? And she's like, I'm 35. And then she's looking at him and Norma. This is actually really heartbreaking. Mm. She looks at uh, Ed and Norma and she's like, what is she doing here? And then she's like, this isn't fair. And she starts crying. And I felt like genuinely upset for her. <laughs> like, yeah, I felt, like I, emotional about this. I agree. I made the same note explicitly that like, you know, and this is a plot point that as we've talked about it on the show, I even have like a unique voice thing that I do about super strength when just to <laughs> act annoyed about it and so forth. But in the last few episodes, this is a, the rare season two plot point that really kind of comes together in a way yeah. that like it pays something off here because first of all, it, it gets pretty funny towards the end with, uh, you know, we talked about that whole like wrestling accomplishment slideshow <laughs> thing and the uh, <laughs> divorce mediation thing uh, in the prior episode. And then here, the way it then turns on its heel again. And like you say, Nadine's performance, she's really effective here. The actress is uh, about really turning that around very suddenly and going again from this kind of ludicrous character to this, you know, I, I feel bad for her. This is really upsetting. Like she's lost something um she's lost everything again is what it feels like you know and and in feeling bad for her then you also feel bad for ed and norma who it's like oh fuck this isn't gonna work out for them and like you know you wanted to root for them and it's like everybody has been wounded by this and all it is is nadine her memories are restored and now everybody is worse off because of it you know it's like like, there's a lot of even Mike's like, oh, maybe I let this go a little too far or whatever. Yeah. 
and and so like you're right everybody is affected by that like it would almost would have been better if she hadn't regained right. everybody and she just is so heartbreaking and you can see the look on norma's face is just like oh no and she's like very resigned to the fact that like this isn't gonna work out for them and mm-hmm. it's so upsetting and and i just like genuinely like teared up when she was like crying in his arms and she's just and you can tell too it's sort of like what is happening? Like, you know, she's very like disoriented right. too. Like, mm-hmm. who's this kid telling me he loves me? Yeah. Also, I love when Mike is doting on her. Doc, he like puts his tools away and he's like, he like shakes his head, like, these fucking people are so annoying. <laughs> I'm like, he's finally hit his limit of being like the one doctor for every single thing in town. He's like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> well, that's really gonna pay off in a few minutes here, yeah, too. But it really is. Uh, yes. Uh, but um, but uh, I thought this was great. Like even just her like being upset that her drape runners were gone and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. Like uh, I was so like sad for her. Like like I felt really upset about it. And it's I was sad. Like, yeah, it's super <laughs> yeah. sad. It's a, it, she's a great actress in this moment. She's fantastic, and uh, and Ed is as of course fantastic too. And just like uh, okay, like a comforting her and he's never mean to her, and that's I think always nice. Uh, he's always overly loving, actually, mm-hmm. like always trying to yeah. protect her. And I think yeah. that that's sweet because we love Ed here on the show. Right. Yes. <laughs> big, big fans. Big fans of his big drunk monkeys Edward Ed casting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on from this. Uh, we got to oh, talk about time wasters. We go to Donna's <laughs> house. This fucking blows, man. I know we love this episode, but come on. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, this is what I'm talking factory. about. Yeah, it, 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 it feels works. like we're driving past all the crap on the side of the road that's we're trying to burn up before we right. get to the actual end of the yeah. story here. Yeah, they're making yeah. a lot of weird choices here. Yeah, I, um, I wrote nice of Ben to just invite himself over to the Haywood household, <laughs> like after this fucking traumatic evening of like you know the miss twin peaks pageant blowing up and uh you know like yeah people are missing there's unresolved murder kidnap mystery going on and ben's like what if i blow up a family this evening yeah, I'm just like, I'm so <laughs> bored. and uh you know i haven't been very dramatic lately i haven't been a messy bitch lately so. <laughs> yeah. uh it's so funny too because like a lot of this episode it's almost like no one is acting like this happened in this yeah, yeah. Like, very strange like, and what yeah. this is going to happen again later at the diner where it's like literally no one seems to be acting as though something horrible and traumatic like lucy was the only one and and i guess Na- you know nadine and stuff but like but like no one else is even talking about it. it's really weird right so so we go to the hayward house where don is like fucking i've had enough i'm leaving she looks bad here too. Like her hair is all weird. I don't know what's going on with the styling of her here. Uh, she just looks bad. I, I but I said, was there not an explosion or whatever? Like what is happening here? She already has a packed suitcase. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so Ben, so Ben's here and he's like, I want to talk about everything. And then fucking and and like it's like this all this dramatic. What are you doing here? We need to talk. This wasn't your parents' fault. And then like. Sylvia fucking shows up. I literally turned to Fritz and said, "Who the fuck was that?" <laughs> right. And he's like, "Isn't that Ben's wife?" I'm like, "I haven't seen her in a season and a half." Yeah, <laughs> yeah correct. Yeah. Like uh-huh. we just yeah. suddenly remember that Ben has a wife at this exact moment. I yeah. mean, he's had romance subplots at this point with, like, you know, uh, implied with Donna's mom, implied mm-hmm. with Donna's mom, with Catherine, Catherine explicitly, with uh, Laura. Laura explicitly almost with his own no, daughter <laughs> that we yeah. saw like and it's just like oh by the way now his wife knows and she's mad <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. how could you come here and yell at these nice people or whatever you're like <laughs> who are you it was so funny so uh so then you get this like this like uh you know he's trying to say like i i'm your dad like i'm your your biological dad and she's like no and doc's like fuck you and they start fighting and he like <laughs> punches ben who like hits his head off like the fireplace or whatever i kind of miss what it was while I yeah was yeah it's very good old yeah. man punching yeah. he like <laughs> stumbles over him and hits him and then ben flings into the, like the fireplace corner 
And that actually it. happened to my cousin. Oh, and he has a dent to this day oh right God. here. That's he was up. on one of those sit and spins and he fell off of it and hit the fireplace. And that, then I wouldn't let Aiden have a sit and spin when he was little. <laughs> so <that> was, <laughs> you're going to get hurt. Uh, anywho, uh, it, but it's also there's like, a toy name that's been ruined forever. Sit and spin. <laughs> uh, and then like, the fonts. Yeah. You have like Donna going like, you're my daddy. You're my daddy. And I'm like, I'm uncomfortable with the usage of daddy yeah, in this context. Yeah. Like it's starting to like, like it, it went fine, but then she kept saying it. And I was like, okay, yeah. we're getting into like, it, Colleen's a pervert territory. So like, <laughs> I don't love it, that. <laughs> yeah. And it, it just starts doing the uh, like escalating noise and chaos thing that happens in a lot of these like late disturbing scenes in the show where like, you know, after he n- knocks out Ben Horn, Doc is like, ah, ah, he's like gripping his face. He's like, what have I done? I'm supposed to be a septuple board certified physician in this <laughs> town and care for everybody. But I got mad for one second after putting up with everybody's bullshit for 700 episodes. Yeah, you know, to be fair, I think he was in the right here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, let that's just man, it. <laughs> let the man fight. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, I wrote daddy stuff weird. Uh, okay. So we go from, I think that's it for, for this fist fight scene. Yeah. yeah. And then we go from here to <laughs> the key at the Martell house. <laughs> that's on the cake stand. Um, and uh, Andrew is like, Haha, I know this key. It's a safety deposit box key. And I have a doppelganger key and no one would ever be able to, dissect that i switched the keys but then like which is like what the fuck just take the key why are you talking out loud and then uh and then pete catches him but like doesn't seem to really he's like andrew and then like that's it (laughs) and we're gonna get back to this but this is how that's set up so he's gonna take the key for whatever reason i don't even remember who sent this do you remember uh it was it's basically a last gift from Thomas Eckert, which, you know, it'll be easier to talk mm. about the significance right. of it, that later. Uh, okay, that's yeah. just sec, I just wanted yeah. to make sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. So from here, we go to Coop and Harry in the woods. And they're going to this <laughs> sycamore tree grove. Uh, and they're like, you know, they're, they're sneaking up to it. And it's super creepy. And Coop is like, I have to go in alone. And Harry's like, okay. Um, and then there's the sycamore trees in the well, and what, what did I write there? An opening to a gateway. Mm. So Harry watches as Coop like does this whole thing, and and the same sort of thing happens with, um, that happened with Annie and Wyndham, where like the red room curtains mm-hmm. appear, mm-hmm. and Coop kind of disappears in that. And I wrote, and we're back. Yeah, so, and it's yeah. it seems like it seems like. Harry can see it, or at least sees he, Coop disappear. Yeah, um, it's a little I read unclear. It as he could see it. That's how yeah. I read that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So we are back to season one style, uh, uh, shenanigans. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I think this is the clearest it's been up to this point that there is that either the Red Room is the Black Lodge or there is some association between the two. Yeah, Because it's like we're talking about looking for the entrance to the Black Lodge and suddenly we're there and we are inside the Red Room. I believe too it's it's, uh, discussed in a few minutes as the waiting room. So I assume it's the waiting room too, something larger. Yeah, right. Um, So yeah, we get this. uh, We have the little man from a different planet. Uh, He dances in as some jazzy tunes play. here i actually had texted matt because matt is like me uh we are both sensitive to strobe effects Mm -hmm. and uh they they tend to give us headaches and migraines and such so i actually texted him with the time stamp and i was like (laughs) and i kept texting i'm like just letting you know (laughs) um checks out we get some strobe effect we have uh this crooner come and he's singing like under the sycamore tree or like whatever um <laughs> yep and we that's, have the, that's what he does <laughs> and we have this classic uh and and this is a very uh memeable moment we've seen this in a lot of memes of coop just staring like i have made a huge mistake as this this strobe effect is happening this crazy shit is happening yeah, all around yeah, he's not he's not super happy uh as this is happening and i don't i don't think we need to break down every single moment of weirdness that happens here but mm-hmm. just like a general sort of 
as this is happening on the outside in the woods, Andy like wanders in looking for <laughs> Coop and Harry. Uh, he's so cute. Uh, and Harry and uh, Harry is, you know, sitting there waiting to see what happens. Um, it it goes from here to the daytime where they're still waiting, mm-hmm. and they say and, and there's a very brief inset shot of the bridge that we see run at Pulaski. Uh, yes. way back in episode season one, one. Mm-hmm. yeah, episode one, yeah. yeah, crossing as she returns from you know essentially the site of her sexual assault. So mm-hmm. there's you know we're we're drawing the very specific connection between, um you know, what's going on with these greater forces of evil and what is going on in terms of, you know, what we see in terms of the violence in Twin Peaks and how these people are interacting with each other in this place. Right, exactly. Uh, I forgot about that bridge thing and I actually meant to write that down because when it happened, I was like, that was specific. And yeah, then, yeah. Did I write it? It was so hard to keep up with what was yeah, happening yeah. here. Yeah. That, like, my notes get like super scrambled. Um. So they but yeah, I, that's oh, the transition ahead. to the daytime shot you were talking about. So that's why I just wanted to bring that in. That's really right. Quick. That's right. So it's been 10 hours. And this is actually a really cute and kind of funny moment. Uh, Andy's like, do you want coffee? And Truman's like, yeah. And he's like, do you want breakfast? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, do you want dessert? And he's like, yeah, but it's like never changed. Like the inflection never changes. Right. Like, yeah. do you want pie? And it's just like, <laughs> like it's just kind of cute. But it's also like it's funny because it's it's a cute moment and it's a little funny, but it's also like very bleak. Yeah, like it's it's funny in the way that like you crack a smile at a funeral or something. Like you know, like like a wry sense of being funny. Uh, there's definitely like a sadness there. Like nothing is going to be the way the right. same as it was you know even 20 minutes ago or whatever right yeah yeah um so let's see uh it's foreboding but funny is what i wrote here um (laughs) from here we go to this is okay first of all we go to this bank there's this woman just fucking sleeping she's like an accounts receivable lady and she's in front of a (laughs) she's in front of like a a file cabinet this is 1985 and she's just fucking sleeping, like, with her head back. And I was like, I tweeted this last night. I was like, this woman is a queen. I love her. This yeah, she's queen. amazing. And throughout the... It, it's notable that throughout what happens in this scene, she is just there completely sawing logs the whole yeah, time. She is absolutely time. unconscious, repeatedly appears in front of the camera, <laughs> still asleep through the whole thing. You'd be um, sleeping, too, if you were working with Del Mil- Midler. <laughs> Del Rips. Del He's Midler. like 1,000 years old. <laughs> he, he has glasses that look like they were invented in the future and sent back in time. Like, they're more powerful <laughs> than existing technology allows you know um gr- best character Nibbler. that's in exactly three minutes of a television show ever Fritz maybe. was like this would be me if i were in this movie this, yeah. this he's excruciatingly slow he's 97 million years old you and, and he's just every second of him and, doddering around and, and just so we don't have to keep bringing it back up but you need to understand this as part of like what's so great about him is like Absolutely all the baffling shit that is about to happen over the next like <laughs> three to five minutes of the show. He is reacting to it like a million year old guy who works at the bank would react to it. He's confused. Right. He doesn't know which thing to do first. He's walking back and forth kind of aimlessly and it slows the whole scene down. It's very, very funny. Hey, I considered changing my Twitter handle to Del Mibbler. Del Mibbler. Funny. Or like, or like, you know, Blue Sky or whatever. So anyway. <laughs> Um, anyway, so Audrey walks in and she's looking good. Uh, I enjoy the way she looks here. And she's just like, what's up, bitch? Call the paper. Call Agent Cooper if you want. I'm chaining myself to this vault because I'm protesting the financial ties that this bank has to the Ghostwood Estates and their underhanded schemes. Uh I said, this Audrey is great, and it's a shame they only now figured her out. Because this Audrey in this Mm -hmm. moment is Mm -hmm. sure of herself. She's confident. She's like, I'm doing this. Uh, She looks good doing it. And it took two full seasons and the last episode 
to really get. Uh, and, and I've had a lot of issues with Audrey. I know Audrey's a fan favorite. I cannot understand why beyond she's very good to look at. Uh, I, I, I think that's the, it. That you got yeah, I mean, it. That's I mean, that's story. I mean yeah. to, to maybe furnish a little more credit than is deserved here. I think Audrey didn't have herself figured out until this point, you know, and that's part of her whole deal. Uh, now, granted, I, I don't think anybody benefits from how long we spent in the mud with her, like with yeah. this whole, like, you know, sexual assault victim to like this awful romance angle with uh, Billy, uh, Joe Joe. Billy Zane, <laughs> John Justice Wheeler, uh, the 1997's The Phantom. Um, he He's, it's like, yeah. So I, I fully agree with what you're saying. <laughs> Glad that one landed so well for everybody. Man on the leave. He just walked away. <laughs> He's gone. He's done. He's no like, producer show now. This is the peak of the podcast. It's, <laughs> it's all been building to this moment. Um, <laughs> Sorry about that. The Phantom really got me. I don't know if you guys have been talking about it. But I just step off to not spit yeah, no, water on my... I know. I walked away. Thank um, you for that, Chris. Re- really, really quality <laughs> film. I recommend it to anybody. Um, we should have the, a watch party. Let's like when oh I come back. Yeah, that sounds great. We should when do I a come bonus. back from mass, let's get together and we'll watch right. it. We I'll, make, I'll make some sort of food about the Phantom. I think we should do a bonus <laughs> pod about it. Yeah. Um, anyway, like yeah, it, it's it took too long to get here with Audrey, and um, you know it, it. In some ways, that might be the point, but you know, as you say, it's like this should have been happening earlier it would have been a lot more fun <laughs> i think so too so as this is happening uh andrew and pete come in i wrote della the crazy voice like his voice is so cool uh i wrote this is excruciating so they want to use the key to get into the safety deposit box of course um and i there's this very cool moment where like audrey's just there and they're and and dell's like you know okay you can do it but this woman is right here and Andrew's like, that's fine. And then he says to her, I admire your verve. And I thought that that was really cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it's uh, it's like Dell is like, there could be a problem. And then Audrey explains that she's protesting. And Andrew is like, well, I don't think it's a problem at all. And the reason it's like not a problem. the door open as she Yeah, yeah. So the reason it's not a problem is she has chained herself in a way to this that it does not actually close, keep the gate closed at all. She has attached herself entirely to the door. So they're just able to swing the door open with her attached to it. And she's no obstacle to them entering the vault after all of it's that. It's funny. Um, so... There's some excruciatingly slow old man situations happening where they're like, <laughs> let's open the thing. Let's find it first. Takes forever. And here's the payoff here. Um, They open it and there's a bomb <laughs> and the bank explodes, Uh, you know, supposedly <laughs> killing everyone inside. Right. Um, an amazing shot of Dell's glasses like flying <laughs> through the air and landing into it. It's very funny. I don't think it's supposed to be, but uh, it's hilarious. I wrote the glasses with a bunch of expl- and then some money flutters down, just like some single bill. So just really drive home the fact that this was a bank. Right. We need some loose money. <laughs> um, like raising and- Arizona when the explosion happens and the baby stuff falls. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah. so this is such a weird fucking ending to this whole thing because it turns the entire like uh you know Andrew Packard Thomas Eckert thing into a closed loop. They've all right. basically killed each other at the end of this. And like you know we have Audrey and Pete at the scene of this explosion right. and you know for the time being that's the last we see of these guys so it's like what a weird fucking way to end so many especially pete who is so he's the first person we see in twin peaks he's the very first Mm. per like person who does something right and he's just like yeah i'll fucking like i mean accompany this corrupt old guy to the bank to uh, discover who knows what fucked up thing here it's like it's very strange. It's strange. <laughs> and and it, honestly, it's not a spoiler in the context of season two to say that's it. Yeah. 
that's it yeah. just mm-hmm. like with um with um ben earlier getting punched and hit in the head that's it we're yeah. not going to discover anything more about any of these people for 25 years yeah, yeah. so um and and i don't think it's a spoiler to say with pete not at all because the actor who played pete died in between sure. the two yeah. seasons so um was killed anyway uh so that's that so uh my my note here said the old lady because i wanted did she survive <laughs> the sleeping lady <laughs> anyway uh now we go to this insane scene where we're at the the diner and we got mr and mrs briggs we got the colonel and mrs briggs like straight up canoodling yeah. in a way we have not seen before then we also have this, Bobby... this whole disappearing into the other realm and coming back a completely fucked up guy has really mm-hmm. done wonders for rekindling their right. uh, I mean... sex, the major sexual relationship with his wife. He's <laughs> I would with the with the major. <laughs> <I> would. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we also have like Bobby and Shelly canoodling like over here. Mm-hmm. So it's like a family canoodle. It's it's super weird too because Bobby is like turned around noticing his parents canoodling and he's like, now what if I'm canoodling with my girlfriend? <laughs> it's like, well, that's kind of weird. And then like the fucking like barely named other waitress at Norma's Heidi comes giggling in. Waitress giggling waitress from the yeah. very beginning of the show. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, are you late? Cause you were fucking boning. And then she's like, <laughs> and it's like, everybody is boning in twin peaks. Now it's great. And it's, it's like, like, that's what happens when you're in a twin miss twin peaks contest. that gets like murderously like right. taken over. I guess no one mentions it and everyone makes out heavily after. Right. Yeah, so very strange. I think, I think they got uh, Heidi for season three as well, which is like really funny. I'm really pretty funny. Sure they did. There's something about her that I, I have to look into, but I remember there being like a holy, holy shit, like of all people, and like she just came back after like was she fucking her boyfriend for two straight seasons? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's happening here? Yeah, th- I mean that good for her, honestly. Yeah. If that's what's going on, um, the also very weird comment by Bobby here. He's like, he's like, I thought you Germans were always supposed to be on time. What the hell is that? Is that a thing? I've that's never a, heard yeah, that in my not, life. No, it is a it's thing not, actually. It is uh, a yeah. thing. Because there was one of those things that the Nazis made everything very regimented and run on time. So there actually was a kind of black humor saying for a long time that at least Hitler made the trains run on time. That is that's what that refers to. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, just a, a light Holocaust. Just a light reference. Holocaust reference. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't I know Fritz's family wasn't involved in the Nazi side of things, but it definitely didn't rub off on him because the hitman has no sense of time in it right yeah. well that, that's how you know he's not a nazi yeah, right exactly yeah nightmare about, about he was one of the nice lazy germans yeah. <laughs> there's, there's also a really good cutaway here where bobby and shelly are talking about like oh me bobby's like we should get married and shelly's like i still have i still, still have leo's ring on why yeah yeah first of all why second of all okay she's talking about i'm still technically legally married to leo we don't know really what's going on with him fine and bobby goes oh leo's probably having the time of his life out there in the woods and then you get this like this flash cutaway to leo still tied up in the spider trap like rube goldberg device yeah and immediately cuts back away and that's it that's the last you ever see of leo in the entire series again not a a spoiler to say he does not show up in season three so yeah he's not yeah he's done i i can't remember if he's in the movie or not off the top of my head but well the movie's a prequel though so it doesn't even matter yeah Yeah. exactly even if he is that's that's it so you know some say leo is still in the spider trap (laughs) to this day (laughs) um it's it's so funny yeah like i don't understand that i'm still wearing his ring because she really physically is and it's like i get saying that like oh i'm still married right she really is physically wearing the ring don't wear that but like what but then I also like, I think it's cute when they do that hair pull thing. And they did that back when like Shelly was in mm-hmm. the hospital in season one or whatever. And I like that because I like when they are just two teenagers or young right. adults in right. love. And it's just a very cute, realistic, like you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you do funny things with them. Like, ooh, like you know, like you mm-hmm. have your yeah. idiosyncrasies and your little like. Yeah. Mom- 
And when the show works, that's so important to how it works is like these all these horrible, bizarre, at times completely inexplicable things. But it's happening in this environment of people who feel like real people who have these weird little interactions and interpersonal lives. The accumulation of the real. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Chris and I did a uh, book chat an hour before we uh, before Uh, we did up for this and we were talking about that. Anyway. Uh, that's what I'm referencing. Anywho, <laughs> so all this is happening. Uh, and then Jacoby comes in with Sarah Palmer. And um, they approach uh, uh, ma- the major. Mm. And he's like, Sarah wants to tell you something. And this otherworldly disembodied voice from her says, um, you know, I'm in the what Black Lodge with Dale Cooper. He did not even flinch. The majors like weird shit's happening. Hard right. for the right. I'm not yeah. even gonna. I'm not even going to let my face betray what I'm feeling about. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think that might be it for that. She Is says. That she yeah. says I'm in the Black Lodge with Dale Cooper, and then it cuts to the hallway in the Black Lodge, and the voice continues. I'm waiting for you there, or something like that, or I will wait for you there, or something. Right, right. And then that's it for that. That's it for all of them. You yeah. don't see them again. Yeah. So so a really odd way to end these characters all, all mm-hmm. together. Every single one just ends. And I don't know if they were banking on trying to have a season three or what, but it's just an odd. Uh, yeah, certainly the bank funny. explosion is like your very typical soap opera cliffhanger, right? Yeah. Right. Now. Yeah. And you see so many shows nowadays that, are, of course, like the state of Hollywood as it is right now is just a nightmare. So yeah. you see a lot of shows end. like think about how many times Community ended on a well-rounded note because they weren't sure if they were going to get another. Oh, season. sure. Yeah. Right. So it's just so funny to see this like sort of well, I don't fucking know. <laughs> like this increasing trend of shows that get like a new season like eight years later, some like random fucking right. thing. Like yeah. there's a new Justified just launched. Justified? Yeah. 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 Which... I adore me some justified, very yeah, good yeah. bullshit te- television. But <laughs> like, I, you know, why? <laughs> yeah, we were in a good spot with is it. That, yeah. Is that one guy that I that I fight with on Twitter who lives in my town? Is he in the new season of Justified? His name oh, is I don't know. Nick Cersei. He, I don't, uh, I don't know. Fucking blows. And uh, <laughs> one of my, uh, just an aside for the listeners, one of my most petty moments uh, as a Burbanker was his wife applied to be in the buy nothing group that I help run and I blocked her from it. I was like, nice. no, you guys are uh, racist anti-vaxxers so you don't get free stuff. Gross. And I felt very cool. <laughs> <laughs> He's crazy. Anyway. Um, so yeah, so we go back to this like red room stuff. It's the hallway. Uh, we have this this iconic little man moment where he says, when you see me again, it, it won't be me, which is true. <laughs> Slight spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um he says, this is the waiting room. So here's where the waiting room imagery comes mm-hmm. in for me anyway. Uh, Laura walks in. This is the iconic, uh, you know, I'll see you again in 25 years. Meanwhile, yeah. which I think now this is hard for me to remember because it's been so long. But this already happened in that first episode, right? This was the dream he had. And it's just rehashing at this. I point, believe right? so. Yeah. Or it's very similar. Yeah. So like, I think so. I think so. And it's just been so long since we watched it as a group. And right. then, you know, having watched so many other things over the time, it starts to kind of mesh together. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the They're like, do you want some coffee? <laughs> and then there's like that tall guy, not, not the giant, but that tall guy who was like, the room service guy when Coop gets shot. The waiter, the old waiter. Yeah, the yeah. Way, old yeah. waiter guy. Mm-hmm. And they're like rubbing their hands. They're doing all this weird stuff. Yeah. Dale yeah then the, the waiter gets suddenly replaced with the giant who then says one and the same. So yes. I, that seems to be some confirmation. That, right. You know, they're which we kind of already knew, right? Kind because of knew that, that was very, but yeah, yeah that's it's like that's a real like hello mr thompson right driving driving it in um dale like picks up his coffee and it's all thick and gross he spills it it Uh, should be i'm just gonna jump in really quick to say like this is probably there's there's gonna be no way to like comprehensively describe what's going on for the rest of this episode it's a lot of abstraction and weird stuff happening i try to take really thorough notes but you know, no matter what, we're not going to hit every relevant detail. Right. Yeah. And, most of, <laughs> and most of what 
is here, you're not really going to understand what it is or why it's happening until you get yeah. through a, the movie puts a lot of context on top of this that is helpful, and B, the return does a lot of breadcrumbing of things that we see here that eventually come to mean more. Yeah, uh, so and, and it's all, still almost, abstract, too. Yeah, yeah, and it's still it abstract still on top of all of that. So some of this stuff, it's you can kind of figure out what's going on. Some of it you just straight up don't have the context for yet, and mm. some of it is just weird for the sake of being weird. So yeah. it's like yeah. there's there's no way to comprehensively talk about or catalog all of the stuff that's going to be happening here. it's just really hard and i tried in. not to like write every single thing that happened right. now but just sort of like important stuff like the the little guy says wow right. bob wow fire walk with me yeah. there's the fire there's screaming there's the annoying strobe light De- dale does the thing where he walks into the hall and goes into a different room but it's the same room and this repeats a lot um it's a lot of kind of like looping and, and weird mm-hmm. sounds and um you know they're like wrong way and um and it's there's one part where the the little man from the other planet like laughs and it's like fucking the most terrifying thing yeah it's horrible he's like getting up and down and laughing and it's like playing in reverse audio so it's It's like a nightmare Um, like really terrifying so Um, it's right it's right after that that we see maddie appear and mm-hmm. you know maddie already has this distinction of being a sort of weird version of laura in a way <laughs> like and so she appears and she says watch out. she says watch out for my cousin um so you know is she talking about laura well we kind of get something else here because then coop goes back to the first room we see uh our our friend the man from another planet again but this time his eyes are fucking cloudy and white and weird and he goes doppelganger and then we see a version of laura who is also like this and she's just doing the most nightmare screaming imaginable like really earning her paycheck in this moment i have that (laughs) funko pop of laura with the creepy eyes oh (laughs) funko version of that Uh, yeah yeah it was a san diego comic-con special edition it was her and dale with those cloudy (laughs) eyes and uh oh wow brian had somebody get it for me someone who like had gone um anyway uh yeah it's super terrifying Uh, the doppelganger thing is going to come back heavily in season three uh so it's good to just kind of keep in mind laura is screaming there's like quick flashes of windham earl um we, we see like Coop himself sees a version of himself, like presumably dead, laying down next to a bloodied Annie. Mm. Um, who at is, first is uh, it, who's first is Carolyn. So there's a lot of swapping back and forth right, between Annie right. and Carolyn in this scene. Um, I saw the face of the man who killed me, and then uh you know like then it's like well who's like it's annie but she's like who's annie i'm carol and then like swap it's very confusing and and crazy um more more scream more laura screaming more windham um we get windham comes back and he says if you give me your soul i'll let annie live and then like bob is there and bob's like time out bitch you don't get to (laughs) say that because like you can't take somebody's soul you don't have that so he's like telling coop like yeah don't listen but bob's like but i'm a demon and i can do that so i'm gonna right. take his soul so i'm just right. gonna go ahead and do that just just for kids <laughs> and like wyndham's head catches on fire which is like super goofy looking right it's you know i assume it's supposed to be creepy but like uh, to me it yeah. looks very very so- funny so there's something going on here with like not to blow past like kind of what's the big important plot implication mm-hmm. here is that like Wyndham Earl this whole time and his pushing the entire cast towards this we're entering the Black Lodge we're stepping into this supernatural stuff he clearly was possessed of this idea that he would have the ability to master that that he would enter right. this place and it would make him more powerful it would make him mm-hmm. able to like expand his abilities or his ability to wreak havoc on Coop's life or whatever and he just walks into this realm and like Bob's like you can't do shit I'm in charge here <laughs> like yeah. and like ultimately so like even though it gets kind of blown past pretty quickly in like this huge series of abstract events uh, what seems to be important here is that like you know this whole time 
Earl is kind of a side story. He gets almost immediately yeah. eliminated the second he steps in here. You know, he can't do what he came here to do. He's not able to do that. So um, this is really more about Coop now and him trying to right. survive and navigate the situation that all of these events have led him in here, uh, following Earl being baited in here, essentially. And that that will be important. It won't be clear why that's important now, mm-hmm. but that will be important that that's where we wound up exactly um yeah i do like this like when oh windham and your hubris goofy (laughs) costumes and 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 silly capers uh you are out of your league even though you've been preparing for this for like 40 years (laughs) anyway um so uh let's see leland shows up and it's it's like a kind of cloudy i deleted leland and he says i didn't kill anybody which technically is true Uh, not this leland didn't um Right. You know, it's it's got the uh, it, it's it's got the energy of that old like like twenty twenty ish meme format of evil Leland be like I didn't kill anybody. Right. You know? <laughs> um. Uh, there's two Dales. They start kind of like chasing. Uh. You know the the they start chasing each other. Basically. Yeah. One of them. One of the Dales is very clearly like an evil doppelganger. He's got the cloudy eye thing. We see him cackling and chilling with bob for a little bit before Mm. he begins earnestly pursuing good dale so it's pretty clear that like (laughs) oh there's a bad dale and there's a good dale right and there you know is it like him entering this place that causes that to occur i you know that we're not clear on yet but that Mm. is what's happening right uh back to the woods and the curtains reappear harry uh sees this and finds cooper and annie right She's bleeding. Yeah. So, yeah. so crucially, yeah. right before we see that happen, we see the evil Dale catch up to the good right. Dale. We see him grab him, and oh, then okay. we go straight from that to the curtain reappears. Annie and Coop reappear on the ground. Annie looks real fucked up. Coop looks yeah. unconscious. Um, they cut to the waterfall, which kind of shifts the scene. Coop is asleep in his bed at the at the hotel at the Great uh, Northern. Doc is there. I guess he uh, got over his punching of Ben enough to <laughs> do yet another house call. Uh, and Harry, um, Coop wakes up and he says, "How's Annie?" And his voice sounds a little weird. Um, and they and they're like, "Well, Annie's in the hospital." And Coop's like, "I need to brush my teeth." And they're like, "That's a good idea." <laughs> yeah, and he's he's very him. like. I need to brush my teeth. I I need to brush my teeth. Like I it's like yeah. you know, Truman earlier who was like, "Oh, I'm on that new age shit now. 12 trout, <laughs> that means that you can find the gateway to the Black Lodge at King Arthur's burial place." It's like, "What?" <laughs> and then like now he's like Coop is like, "I I need to brush my teeth." And he's like, "Yeah, good. Yeah, that sounds fine. I'm not seeing anything wrong with the situation." Uh, if you get a he sounds like the T one thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen this boy? <laughs> um, so they, uh, I think Doc and and uh, Harry kind of share like that's weird kind of look. Um, so iconic moment alert. We get to him in the bathroom and he's like just pouring toothpaste into this thing because that's what like evil Coop would do, I guess. <laughs> waste toothpaste. Um. <laughs> And he smashes his head into the mirror, and we see that Bob is in the reflection. Uh, any even like uh, fly by night fan of the Twin Peaks, or or even if you have the vaguest knowledge of Twin Peaks, you've right. probably seen this. It's very iconic. Um, even though Bob it's like the biggest possible spoiler <laughs> season yeah. two, three spoiler you could provide about the series. Yeah. It's also I somehow remember, the most iconic thing. Yeah. Back in the day, I remember when TV Guide had a cheers and jeers section. And I loved um, that. Yeah. I did too. too. But their biggest jeers, I remember, they jeered this episode and they showed that image. That's insane. This is way before spoiler warnings, I guess, yeah, yeah, 1991. Yeah, yeah. But like, that's how I knew what happened to Dale because I was done watching it by that point. And right. I'm like 12 years old. But I'm like, oh, fuck. I guess I guess he doesn't win. Wow, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and of course, we have uh, him laughing and he's going, how's Annie? How's Annie? How's Annie? And they're like, Cooper, are you okay in there? And that's how the episode is. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, 
Fritz said that's how it ended for 25 years. Yeah. Well, not exactly. I, because we did get the prequel, which does, right. it adds context to the stuff that happens here, even if it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, no, I know, but still, yeah. like, you know, yeah. as it ended, it was like. Right. Okay. <laughs> like Cooper's yeah. story, right, isn't addressed in any way until three, or is it in the supplemental stuff? What do you uh, mean? Coop's story. Like, is Coop in the uh, the film? Like this, uh, Coop, is, Coop is barely in the film. He right. is in the film, yeah. uh, but it's all stuff that chronologically takes before. place before right. this. You know so. who is right. in the film? Chris fucking Isaac. That's so. right. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Where we get things to do. <laughs> he takes place of Coop, and that's okay with me. Um, yeah, kind of. <laughs> as it as it uh as it ends in the credits roll, we see Laura reflected in mm-hmm. a mug of coffee. <laughs> which feels like the corniest possible right, 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 right. for them to go out i had completely forgotten about that shot as they were yeah. watching it just i was like god this is ridiculous <laughs> so for all of the good and the bad of it this is how season two of twin peaks mm-hmm. ends uh with coop seemingly possessed by the evil force that is bob and the force behind the black lodge um so are we to assume good coop is somewhere still probably yeah we should assume that Mm -hmm. but without getting too into anything um there is more to the story we everyone just had to wait a long time for it (laughs) yeah and it does ultimately for something that leaves so many questions initially um and i'll say this without spoiler that without any specific spoiler that it does do a relatively good job of making it feel like a lot of this stuff was intentional as we go far down the line given that it took a 25 year long uh attempt to put a bow on it it's like it that i can see why if you really thought this was the end of the series forever and nothing more was coming this Mm -hmm. is pretty I mean, I think it's at least an interesting ending and it, right. it sheds a different reflection on what we were doing up to this point. Like how much of this was a machination for Bob to switch places with Coop and Coop right. being in the position yeah. he is. And like, you know, that's a real story. Something's happening there. And yeah. it's not something you really could have foreseen up to this point. So it is interesting. It's obviously deeply unsatisfying on a lot of levels um, mm-hmm. in terms of it being an ending. And, you know, ultimately we lucked out and it's not an ending. So right. Audrey's Audrey's ending specifically is real. Poochie died on the way to her home. All right. Uh, the kids were saved by Mo. Uh, I, I, cannot, <laughs> I cannot wait to uh, talk about the season three Audrey content, such as it is. Oh, uh, it's it's frustrating, but it's also interesting. I know I can't wait to talk about it. I, I, you know what? It's so funny is uh, Fritz was like, I can't fucking wait for Matt to see season three. And yeah. I was oh, like, I well, either, yeah. fair, Matt hadn't really even seen season two, but like could glean enough from right. just social yeah. media or whatever, for pop right. culture. But yeah, but I was like, yeah, season three is such its own thing. So from here, though, we will hit uh, the movie and I would like to do something on the the missing pieces too. Yeah. Um, I was, I, the boys know this, but I was recently uh, allowed to borrow. A friend of mine had a script from Firewalk With Me that he bought back in Boston like ages ago when we talk about it i'll probably give better information Mm. it's in my dms and i don't want to try to find it right now but um he bought it like in the very early 90s and that was back when like if some place was selling scripts they were doing it illegally like right just you couldn't just find the nope script online like you can now like Mm -hmm. and uh he had bought it and he's had it ever since and he let me borrow it bold of him to assume i won't spill everything on it. but um it's like wrapped in a bag and Lita went near and I was like <laughs> so um but I'm interesting to look at it and he has a lot to say about about the interesting choices in the script versus what ends up on the thing so I'm gonna actually see if maybe he wants to join us for like the missing pieces or something oh, um, that's my friend Jared Rivet who's a screenwriter and uh he's a really very talented writer so I'm very interested about that but we will be talking about the movie and we're going to chat after we end this about that. But before we end, uh, Matt, producer corner stuff. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, just one interesting thing. Uh, there's a deleted scene or apparently a, a scripted scene that was shot but never used was going to show Josie in the uh, in the Black Lodge. And in fact, people found out about this. 
because Frank Silva, Bob, was talking to a Twin Peaks fan fest thing and he starts describing this whole scene. And then they're like, what are you talking about? And then they later I remember that that footage. Mm -hmm. I think we can find it. I'll try to find it and post it on the Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. And there were like photos of her stunt double there. So yeah, it was a whole thing. Yeah. Do you remember what the scene was supposed to be like? No, I, I don't have that here. So maybe we can dig a little bit. Oh, yeah, I'll, that, I'll try to dig yeah. it up and I'll tweet about mm-hmm. it. So I just have mm-hmm. that. And the only other little funny thing, uh, our buddy, um, <laughs> what, uh, Del Milber, Mibler, excuse me, Del, sorry. Um, it's sorry, he, it's Del. Is, is, uh, it's just interesting to me that obviously he's this, this doddering old man uh, played by an actor named Ed Wright, rest in peace. He died about a year after this uh, or a couple years after this. But he must have started uh, acting very old because his first credit is in 1977 as old man in hospital. Oh, my God. (laughs) So and there's nothing before that. So I can't find anything else about what he did. But he was he was the go to old man actor for a while. Episode of Starsky and Hutch. Cheers. Love uh, that <laughs> Yeah, so so good um, for you, Leighton. And, and knowing yeah. Cheers, he might actually be the character of Del Milbert in that show <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, as, that's uh, true, yeah. uh, that reminds me of in high school, my chemistry teacher was like a million years old. And he was nice enough. He was fine. But one day he was like really upset. And he was like, I'm really sorry to be so upset in class. But my dad is like very ill. And we were all like, your dad? How old is your dad? You're like 90. Like, it was like so weird. Like, the whole class was just like, like, what? Right. Oh, God. Uh, Whatever. Anyway. All right. Well, then that's it. We have finally, it took a million and a half years, but it felt like 25 (laughs) years. But uh, we are finally through with season two. And uh, when we are back, we will be discussing firewalk with me so until then i am your host colin carney hefner and i'm chris pruitt we're just not thank you so much bye bye, bye.